Welcome to The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Join us as we experience the vital teachings of Enneagram expert Dr. Joseph Howell, clinical psychologist and author of Becoming Conscious, The Enneagram's Forgotten Passageway. Relax as you are taken beyond personality typing to The Real Enneagram, The Spiritual Development of the Soul. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Real Enneagram. A spiritual quest. I'm Lark Howell here uh, on our cool summertime back porch. I'm here with Dr. Joe Howell. Hey, Joe. Hello. <laughs> and we have our guests again today, Nanette and Cy Moodyum, our good friends and neighbors. We're so, so glad to be here. Well, so glad to be here. We're here. Always good to see you guys, too. Thank you. It's good. We're here breaking bread together and sharing and talking, and so... We've had a lovely time in preparation for this podcast. So um, what are we going to talk about today? I, I, I would call it practical steps to reaching your soul child. Um, because as, as we all know, as we come to embrace this beautiful truth mm-hmm. that, that has been so integral to our lives and to so many people we know, it's, it's, it's the truth that so many of us have been like oh things finally make sense the enneagram um but you know you can only discover so much about your ego before you realize that there has to be more to the story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and of course which is why we have the real enneagram Mm -hmm. and we because we believe that the truth of the enneagram is about more than just your ego and so the truth is is that there is someone that god divinely designed you to be we believe we call that in our vernacular the soul child and that um speaking for myself as an ego type nine um that my soul child is a three that 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 is who i was born into the earth to be um but we know that that i'm not ever probably going to fully live entirely in my the essence of my soul child um that I'm, I'm not by nature fully a three, um, that I have lived as an egotype nine and learned to survive in the world with these um, nine type characteristics. But there is a, there is a way, I, I, and, I, and I very early on as I, as I was studying this, did I remember asking Dr. Hell, okay, well, I'm a nine, like, how do I become a three? What, what do I have to do in? The, the truth is, is there's, there's no, you know, there, there is no one, two, three step on how, because all nines are different, our path is going to look different. Um, although our holy idea is the same. It's, it's mm-hmm. unconditional love that, that love is um, an action. Um, those two things are, are the things that lead us back to, to, to the, to the essence of the three. So mm-hmm. I think um, I think anyone who's discovering the Enneagram is looking for how, how, how do we mature in the best aspects of our own ego while at the same time learning to embrace the um, soul child characteristics um, that they are discovering. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, it's an amalgamation of the two. It's uh-huh. not either or, it's the two together. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, a lot of you hit on it because I that's how 
I was able to initially I had trouble trying to understand, you know, getting from six. I, I'm, uh, I've identified from an ego standpoint as a six, but, you know, uh, uh, my longing to get to a nine once I know it, because I know all the negatives now of where I am, you know, being fearful and, you know, being this, always not confident about able to do the whole thing on my own. Uh, and I'm wanting to be in a team because that gives me protection. There were a lot of aspects of, of, of where I was that I didn't necessarily like um, uh, and was not willing to accept when I initially uh, started my journey. But then when I started thinking about, okay, how do I become a nine? Uh, initially it was quite a threatening question because this is not who I am, and how can I become at something else? <laughs> uh, and and so and during that time, like like you pointed out, uh, I visualized, uh, and I think uh, uh, Dr. Joe has shared, Dr. Howell shared this in one of the classes. I think I was able to visualize this as a bridge, and which is what you actually call it, you know, a bridge from going to you know going towards something. And I, I remember it uh, uh, very clearly, Lark, when I got this understanding. It was like I was carrying a, a, like, a, a, like a backpack. It was full of heavy stones because mm. of my ego, the things was I was carrying. And I started walking along this bridge, if you can visualize with mm. me. And along that bridge, as I was walking, I started throwing these mm. little stones off my backpack. And it became lighter. Because when you are moving to your, towards your soul child, there is something inside of you that becomes lighter because you're, you're, you're going to this place where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was the one way I visualized it, you know, on this journey. And then along the way came the word amalgamation, you know, that, that came in, you know, a little, maybe few few other classes or few other uh, seminars um, later, when I heard the word um, amalgam and being a mechanical engineer myself, uh, and a chem you know that in chemistry, mm -hmm. I was able to understand that amalgamation is not a new chemical compound or a chemical um, or a or a new chemical, but it's a mixture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, an amalgam is a mixture. So you walk along this bridge. And you have this amalgamation of both the features mm -hmm. of a three and a nine. And I, I use this journey, like Nanette introduced the word, uh, our, our uh, holy idea of, uh, of faith. Now I got to step out in faith on this bridge along this walk and become an amalgam and eventually get to a point where uh, uh, you beautifully put it, uh, Dr. Howe, that the soul is leading the ego. And that's really the goal. It's not the goal of getting to nine. And once I got that revelation, it was a lot easier thing to understand. I'm not trying to become something. It's a, it's a mixture of two mm -hmm. things which allows you to have one lead the other. Make sense? I, I think it's yeah. also really important. I love what Sai just said about we're not trying to become it. Because in truth, we already are it, that's right? right. That's so right. we're really just trying yeah. to rediscover something mm -hmm. that's already there. So I think that do better, get better, try harder, you know, effort is really, is again the ego's attempt mm -hmm. to control and 
you know, um, lead us. Whereas if we just, I, Lark and I, you and I were talking about how sometimes um, the change is not so much an effort as it is a simple awareness. Right. To say, mm -hmm. you know what? Um, it, it was like you were talking about today as an ego type seven, you know, who's juggling so many things. And sometimes you just have to just stop and just say, you know what? I'm going to let it all drop. Mm -hmm. And you said, mm -hmm. I'm going to see what bounces. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just the awareness to say, you know what? I need to stop juggling. There is a holy plan, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if I just uh, if I just look at it, if I just turn my attention to it, then the awareness brings me automatically mm -hmm. into that soul child of five who really knows that there's a good plan, a divine right. plan. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's so much about effort. I think it's about awareness. Awareness. Yeah. And being aware of what your holy ideas are, because as I said, they are the bridge that connect the ego to the soul. And so in going back to Chelsea and Pavin's question, concretely, what do you do as a nine mm -hmm. to get to that essence of the three consciously when you see that maybe the nine is ego is taking over in a way that you don't want it to. Yeah. What do you do to pull yourself back to that soul essence? Of yeah. Well, I think one, one of the things we have to be aware of is that, you know, as I was saying, walking on the bridge, kind of letting, letting those rocks go, um, is that those uh, rocks, I would hope and would, uh, would think, that those are the negative things that we find in our ego, right? But there are some positive parts about oh, yeah, our yeah. egos, right? Yeah. They, they, they've helped us. So mm -hmm. um, I can be a healthier version of a nine. Mm -hmm. um, peace really is very important to me. Um, and so I can, I can recognize, because honestly, my, my first inclination on most things is to retreat. Mm -hmm. um, it's to withhold. Um, it's to um, put aside, to check out, I don't like conflict. Um, but yet, there is something in me that recognizes that I can make peace in the midst of conflict. So mm -hmm. I think um, I, I, I think I recognize this by spiritual practices, by taking some time um, to, to check in with myself, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to assess how I'm feeling, to, to acknowledge my yeah. feelings rather than ignore them. Um, there, it's just sometimes just a moment of quietness. Um, uh, as, as some of us in our um, ICB world know, um, the teachings of Erica Jokes and what she's taught us um, about heart math, and which is widely available. Uh, a science that anyone can uh, access on, on, on the internet, which is amazing. That, that heart meditation to just check in with your heart, which is, is for me um, in the heart center, which is where my soul child is. That's, that's been really, really helpful. And in doing that, just these, these practices, they allow me to start really just manifesting what's already there that soul child again i don't think it's like me trying to be a better version of myself i think it's 
it's simple daily practices of spiritual um, practices of meditation, of prayer, of journaling. All of these things have helped me to see negative aspects of my ego that I don't have to participate in because there is a there's an antidote in in my soul that right. really can can heal mm-hmm. so many of my negative behaviors. Um, mm-hmm. Having you know we obviously married for a long time and. And one of the things in our journey uh, of of discovering ourselves and uh, through the enneagram and you know working through the enneagram has been just to notice her. I- I'm sure she'll notice me as well. <laughs> there are times when uh, when she she's uncomfortable sharing. You know, she's angry about something I did or I didn't do, or and, and so I, for one wanting to be a team player, I am after her to tell me, tell me what's wrong or tell me what to do or, 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 and not really knowing how she's actually feeling. So I think uh, as, a, as, as the audience uh, here, our, our conversation here, a practical thing I have noticed her do is her expressing herself and saying what is it that is bothering her in our in our relationship and me knowing that she would say what is bothering her about me you know if it's about me then she in love she's been able to explain that you know there is a certain tenderness a, a, a certain um attitude of tenderness with which you can approach a certain thing and handle it instead of just withholding. And what I see in her is she is able to articulate that using this uh, uh, this uh, idea of uh, uh, love and extending it so that it won't lead to another set of confrontation. So being aware and how she shares that has made a tremendous change in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's a very practical example of, yeah. you know, not picking exactly what I, the anger situation mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. uh, problem was. But I think that has helped me, you know, in our relationship. Um, so, so you know, if, that, if I can explain mm-hmm. it in that way. Mm-hmm. For me, on the other hand, I like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I work with a whole bunch of engineers, a whole bunch of employees. And I always want to be, not to be decisive in making it. And I'm always, there is a balance. There is a fear that if I make a mistake, let's all carry that weight of that mistake. Uh, And on the other other hand, the good part of my um, team player being, let's all talk about it so that we could come to a good decision, consensus. right? Consensus. consensus, so that we could move, move forward. So it could be, I could use that ego uh, state that I identify with in a bad way, and I also mm-hmm. can use it in a good way. And being conscious of that is helping me yeah. in my interactions with people. That if I do want to use it on a fear-based and a protectionist thing, I'm saying, 
I am going the path of the faith and taking the step that's necessary and step out in faith instead of being in the fear-based mode. Mm -hmm. Which is your holy idea. Holy idea. Strength and faith. Yeah, strength and faith. Mm -hmm. So, makes sense? Uh, I think yeah. We, yeah. yeah, and those, those, those two holy ideas take you over that bridge. Yes, mm -hmm. and, and so that I'm not I'm not trapped in this in this in this little room of fear right. and hoping or everything will work out um, mm -hmm. rather than you know now being conscious of it I'm able to get out of that room of fear in faith mm -hmm. saying it is going to be okay mm -hmm. because I know my soul says it's going to be okay right. I've got a question for both of you um, once you cross the bridge and you're at your soul point at three and for you side nine um what do you personally do to re-embody your soul child i think pra practically speaking um it, it, it for sure looks like action for me. I, I think I, I see it inside. It definitely looks again like, like peace. Um, but I, do, I think the re-embodiment is, is the whole goal of the pursuit, right? I, I think that we first have to, we have to re, um, reconnect with that portion of ourselves. So in, in connecting with ICB and with doing this work, making this journey and pursuit, I think it started for me in um, in the guided meditation of your my childhood backyard um, that you led us in, and reintroducing myself to someone who was there all along, which was my soul child, and I think. It's like um, once you once you rediscover that portion of you, which is really the most authentic portion of you, and you recognize this little girl's been here all along, mm -hmm. and she has all the answers. You know, she 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 had it right to start with. That I recognize that I still am her. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the embodiment just comes in continuously remembering who I actually already am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's beautifully said. I've, I've had several recent encounters uh, along those lines in walking because, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that happens to all of us is, uh, and I, and I uh, even before we started recording this, I said something, you know, once you taste this path of self-discovery and along the way, this self-discovery path along with, along the way if you have touched something soulish you know there is a there is a something about reading about it and you know wanting to know about it but mm -hmm. then once you touch it right mm -hmm. then it, it, it you're in I mean you can't you can't go back so you are on that bridge all the way you know you can't come back on that bridge once you have mm -hmm. tasted it or touched it. And so, uh, as Nanette said, the guided meditation leads you that point wherein you feel like you have touched somewhere out there 
and once you touch mm -hmm. it, you can't go back. Yeah. Um, right. uh, you can't go back and not untouch it. Mm -hmm. uh, you you mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. so you remembered. You yeah, remembered. Yeah. And it's remembered. So, so as you walk along that uh, bridge, like we talked about, uh, once you become conscious of it along that path. For me, I have found that there are two, two, two things. One is how I um, react in certain situations. And then I also, um, oh, it's reaffirming when I see the reaction of other people towards me. You know, that's a measure for me. You know, one is you measure yourself, which is in self. But then what is the, the impact of my reaction or action to that situation to the world around me you know that's where ultimately this consciousness need lead to mm -hmm. is how am i making a difference with my consciousness around the world so as far as embodying goes you come to a point when you feel that that you're making not just a difference in yourself by being self-conscious you're making a difference around you. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think when you cross that point wherein the soul starts to lead the ego, I think that's when you see it's no longer about you, but what is happening around you. Um, and I, I think I have seen this in several family situations, very tough situations uh, in, the last, in the last six months for sure. Um, and with COVID too, you know, I've been in a lot of situations wherein instead of my ego saying, let's all get together, do this, do that. My, my soul is leading to ask a question, how do you feel about this? There's a huge difference in telling somebody how to feel <laughs> and asking somebody how they feel. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think I'm just telling anything new, but... I'm just saying for our audience here, what what does that look like? Your question along the way is you certainly see the differences. It's not only affecting you on the inside, you start seeing the effect around you is what you will feel when you cross that line. Make sense? Absolutely. So to re-embody that soul child is kind of different with everybody, but everybody ends up going back to remember who, how they were yes. as a little child before all the chaos happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. how we moved in the world kind of effortlessly. Yeah. And many and of us way. in bliss mm -hmm. uh, with respect to those children who were abused and neglected. We can't forget them, but um, type of existence. Yeah. And uh, the upshot is that uh, once we remember that, we can crawl back into that little body again and remember what it was like to exist there and see out of those same little eyes again mm -hmm. and get the feelings and smell the smells and hear the si sounds and see the sights. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there again, there we are mm -hmm. in our innocence, mm -hmm. which actually the root of innocence is uh, unwounded. Wow. Yeah. wow. But when our wounds came, 
we had to get that ego. Yes. That was our band-aid and our car and everything. And we forgot. We disconnected from the soul child. And now our journey is to reconnect to that in order to understand the actual spiritual meaning of our life. Yeah. And I I think that's the real work of so many people who are beginning this journey is really just to begin to remember. Because I think so many of us, we're so busy, you know, being adults and raising kids and paying bills and going to work um, that we don't think we are that person anymore. And I think most people would say, well, I'm not her anymore. I'm not him anymore. I've grown up since then. Um, And they don't remember. But I think you know if they'll pull out some old pictures if they'll if they'll ask themselves a few questions i think that there's more information there um than they know they just haven't slowed down um to recall uh and i think if they do they they will find they really will find themselves again mm-hmm. and you know it just hit me oh, as you just said that and that is this COVID isolation that we've mm-hmm. been going through since mm-hmm. March, for me, Ego 7 going to my essence of a five uh, is relaxing, slowing down, mm-hmm. enjoying the moment, living in the moment. And I think COVID has offered the world a chance to live in the moment yeah. and not be so caught up in the frenetic activity that our civilization whirls around. Yeah. And in some ways, perhaps some good things coming out of this is bringing people back to a soulful way of living and looking at the world mm-hmm. and slowing down and treasuring every moment. Uh-huh. You know, for me, it's especially true um, with my pathway, but I think that can be true for everybody. Okay, well, I think we've probably run out of almost all of our time. Nanette and Cy, thank you so much thank for being you, with us. This has been well, delightful. what a privilege it is to be your neighbor. Yes. Well, <laughs> we just delight in having these chances to share thank this you. wisdom with the world. And we hope that everybody will follow us uh, on our web, go to our website, theicb.org, and our Facebook page, and Dr. Howell's Meditations every every day on uh, the ICB uh, Facebook page for Dr. Joe Howell and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we hope, and we have an upcoming conference, Joe, and the dates of the conference are what? September 26th. It's one day conference, which will be via Zoom at St. Mary's at Swanee. So you could go to www.stmary's swanee.com and register if you're interested in a one-day workshop on the Enneagram being presented by the Institute for Conscious Being. That's right. So, thank you all for being here and with the dogs barking, now we're going (laughs) to depart. They're saying goodbye for now.